Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Listen as Pastor Paul speaks on God being a man of his word. All right, so um, go go to my uh, next slide. All right, let's... Yeah, all right. How many of you guys have heard this? God works in mysterious ways. Okay, let's go to the next one. This too shall pass. You guys have heard this? Oh, this too shall pass. All right, what's the next one? (laughs) Money is the root of all evil. You guys have heard that? Okay. All right, what about the next one? God won't give you more than you can handle. Okay. What about this one? Love the sinner. No, you missed it. There's another one in there? Maybe it's not in there, but okay. It should be in there, but maybe it didn't download. Love the sinner, but hate the sin. You ever heard that? Yeah? Ah, oh, there we go. Love the sinner, hate the sin. All right. And then last one, uh, God doesn't give patience, but he gives opportunities for patience. All right. How many of you guys have heard those? Okay. Do you guys know that none of that is scripture? You will never find that in the in the word, never. Um, and you know what? In in my earlier days, in in my youth, um, uh, not even in my youth, probably like five years ago, because I think I've said this before. God doesn't give patience; He gives you opportunities for patience. You know where that's from? <laughs> Evan Almighty. Yeah, it's from a movie. Evan, uh, when did it come out? When did Evan Almighty come out? <laughs> Way off. 2007, bro. Anyways, you turned 15 and you lost your, your skills. You, you got them wrong? Oh. Okay, all right. All right, so anyways, yeah, so this is from Evan Almighty. But people say this. And they masquerade it as scripture, okay? So here's, um, anyways, we'll get into it. Um, So let's go to my title. (laughs) So close, so close. All right, man of his word, say it with me. What? What did you say? (laughs) Man of your word. Wow, thanks. I made it in... One minute. All right, so uh, we're going to read. Here's going to be our cornerstone scripture for today. All right, we're going uh, OT today. So we're going to go to 2 Chronicles 1. It's not in there, but oh, you could find it though, NIV, if you got it. Oh, excuse me. I did it this time. I did better. 2 Chronicles 1, 6 through 12. 2 Chronicles 1, 6 through 12. Before we jump into this, um, what, what do you think this story is about? Who, who can just spout it off? Who, who thinks they know what it is? Okay. If only I had to give <laughs> Lord do it. All right. Anyways. All right. So this is, uh, talking about Solomon. All right. So second Chronicles one, six through 12. So we're just going to read these seven verses real quick. 
Solomon went up to the bronze altar before the Lord in the tent of meeting and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. How many guys have it? Never mind. Um, that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, God, you have shown great kindness to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father, David, be confirmed, for you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? And God said to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire and you have not asked for wealth, possessions, or honor, nor the death of your enemies, and since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king, is a long sentence, guys, it's still going, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given to you. And I will also give you wealth, possessions, and honor, such as no king who was before you ever had and none after you will have. That's implied. With the will have. It's okay. Um, all right. So, how many of you guys have ever heard like Solomon asking the Lord for wisdom? Right. Uh, if you hadn't, that's kind of like one of Solomon's main thing, apart from like building a tabernacle and doing all these amazing things. But um, and then you have like the uh, the trademark question of like, whose baby is this? And it's like, is it your baby or her baby? Uh, and then he devises this idea. It's like, well, let's just cut the baby in half and you can have half of the baby and then you can have the other half since you both are saying you're the mother and then the one stands up and says, no, don't cut the baby in half. Just let the other woman have it. And then he says, you are the rightful mother and gives the baby to her. Anyway, you guys have heard that story? Yes, yeah. That was the probably the worst retelling of that, but I feel like you get the gist. You get the It's <laughs> on point. It's on fleek. <laughs> What's that mean? Seriously? I mean, I don't. I mean, I've never said it. Like, please, oh yeah, we'll just keep rolling. Thanks. All right. So, here's what I I think is interesting. Uh, go back to uh, that last slide to the patient slide. So when we say things like this, God doesn't give patience; He gives opportunities for patience. All right. Go back to my title slide. Go back to my title slide. Go back to my Tynos line. Thanks. All right. So when God at, tells Solomon, like, hey, ask for anything. And Solomon says, hey, give me wisdom. God didn't say, okay, great. Let's put you in situations where you have the opportunity to showcase wisdom. Okay. He just gave wisdom. Okay. And this is like, it may sound like this is elementary to talk about this, but I think we're going to un uncover like two huge fallacies that we end up believing if we buy into the idea that God gives opportunities for patience or God gives opportunities for wisdom rather than patience or wisdom itself. Uh, and those are interchangeable with whatever you want, like freedom, mercy, whatever, okay. forgiveness. Yeah. So we'll get to that in just a second. So, um, so if you ask God, let's go to uh, peace, okay? So if you ask God for peace, if you believe like fundamentally and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Theologically, that God doesn't give you peace, but he gives you opportunities to show peace. Like, and you just believe like, hey, this is how God gives peace. He just gives us opportunities. And then we 
we just get to rise up to the moment and have peace and all this stuff. If we believe that, here's the issue. What's the opposite of peace? Chaos. Chaos. Disaster. Restlessness. Anxiety. Anxiousness. Not peace. Thanks. (laughs) Very inclusive. (laughs) What else we got? What's the opposite of peace? Unpeacefulness. Someone slap him with a tortilla. Fear. Torture. Okay. Turmoil. Heartache. All this sort of stuff. Okay, so all of these things. Here's the issue. Is if we believe that God gives opportunities for peace and not just peace itself, then we have to fundamentally believe that he brings anxiety, stress, heartache, chaos, disillusionment for peace to come about. You know what I'm saying? So it's this fundamental idea that he's this giver of all things opposite that you're asking for. So in a term, like that makes you like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Well, I'll just simplify it. It makes you really not think that he's a man of his word. And it makes you think that he just goes back on his word. And it's like this like carrot he's dangling in front of you. He's like, oh, you almost had it. Like, you know, the, I got you a dollar. It's like God being like, oh, I got you some peace. Just jump a little higher. Oh, oh, almost got it. Almost got it. You almost got your peace. All right. So if we believe that he gives opportunities for these things to come about, it shows two flaws in our theology. If you're writing things down, this is where you write things down. Say one. One. I was going to say, say it again, but dang, that was good. But let's just do it again. Say one. One. All right. Here's the issue, is if we believe that God sends opportunities for promises to be shown rather than the promises themselves, it shows that bad, we believe that bad things come from God. So if I ask God for peace and he says, I'll give them an opportunity for peace, then the chaos that comes is from God in order for the peace to be pulled out of us. Okay. Uh, Raise a hand, raise a, (laughs) raise your hand if you know life sucks sometimes. I mean. It's sometimes it just doesn't slap. Um, you ever feel like you've been slapped in the face with a tortilla? It's just so fresh on my mind, Lord. <laughs> so life is not great sometimes. Life sucks sometimes. But the pain that comes from life and the turmoil that comes from life isn't from God. If we believe fundamentally that he gives opportunities, then then we have to think that every turmoil that we step into is like a test or like, oh, is this God's way of giving me this? God God doesn't give things like that. He just gives, okay? So, um, number two. Oh, hold on. Okay, that was worse because I said number two. All right, so let's say two. Are those mics peaking in your broadcast? Yeah. All right. Well, let's do it one more time. Two. Okay. Here, here's the other issue that happens with our theology. If we believe that God sends opportunities for peace, opportunities for patience, all this sort of stuff, it puts the demand on us to rise to the occasion and make the gifts of God something to be earned, developed, and maintained with our own humanity. I'll say it again is if we believe that God gives opportunities for these things to come about, it shows that it puts a demand on us 
to rise to the occasion and make the gifts of God something to be earned, developed, and maintained with our own humanity. So we would never outright say that, right? I mean, when we look at this on paper or on screen, uh, it's ludicrous, right? I mean, we would never just straight out say, yes, the gifts of God are to be earned. Yes, God sends bad things. But when we believe fundamentally that he doesn't just give good gifts, this is what matriculates down. This is the fruit of believing that lie. This is why it's so important that like those six slides that went through, they sound good. Like, love the sinner, hate the sin. Money's the root of all evil. God doesn't give patience, but gives opportunities for patience. What a load of like bull. Like, because once you start to adopt these ideas as truth, then it starts to distort your entire view of the person of God. So, and it distorts your view in thinking that he's not a man of his word. Are we good with that door now? Cool. Cool. Yeah. Why don't we just close it and put a chair in front of it? That'd be great. You guys can hold your urine for another 20 minutes, but we won't take that long because I'm on the last page. I told you it's going to be short and sweet, but it is sweet. But here's the thing is even though this may not be like, all right, now we're going to trace back the lineage of this and this and this, this is so fundamental. Oh my gosh. So fundamental to how we perceive the person of God. Because if we start to believe these lies 10 years down the road, you're going to look back and be like, I don't even know the person of God because I believed these good ideas. It's like my, Pastor Michael taught this series called uh, The Gospel According to Facebook one time. And literally it's like all these inspirational quotes and yeah, with the minions and, <laughs> and, and they sound good, but they're just complete ludicrousness. L- ludicrous? It's just ludicrous, isn't it? Ludicrousness? Is that a word? Ludicry? Ludicrity? (laughs) It's just, it's cray. All right, anyways. So, so let's go to a a very familiar passage. Let's go to Matthew 7, 9. Yeah? Let's go. All right. So, let's say this. Jesus is talking to these people. (laughs) You got, you can hold it. For a few minutes. So if this is, um, let's see how, how well you know this, all right? If we ask our father for a piece of bread, will he give us a stone? If we ask him for a fish, will he give us a snake? We'll get there. All right, so if, if, we, if we ask God for a loaf of bread, will he give us a stone? If we ask God for a fish, will he give us a snake? If we ask God for peace, will he give us chaos in order for peace to come out? If we ask for any of this stuff, will he give us the opposite of what we're looking for so that it comes about? No. It says that if we ask for a loaf of bread, he's going to give us a loaf of bread. If we ask for a fish, he's going to give us a fish. So, and also James 1.13, okay? This is also fundamental for your theology, okay? All right, James 1.13. If you got, okay, listen. Jahan says a proverb a day keeps the stupid away, and I uh, completely agree with that. You guys need to read a proverb a day uh, because you can read one once a month on half of the months of the year. There's 31 proverbs anyways. Um, but the book of James, you can read it five times 
in, oh, sorry, six times in a month. There's five chapters in James. You could read a chapter a day, every day, and for a month you've had read it six times. James will rock your world. Um, anyways, James 1, 13, it says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. That's what a dummy says. All right. God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. So that's the whole thing is like, if we, here, here's why I'm saying that is because sometimes if we believe this idea that he doesn't just give what we ask, then when we ask for freedom, or it's like, God, give me power to overcome. Then, then it's going to say, okay, well, he's not going to give me the power to overcome. He's going to give me an opportunity to overcome. So then he's going to send temptation my way for me to overcome because God is testing me. I, I lived my life for maybe two years thinking, I, I mean, I'll just be totally frank. Um, I think you should be, oh my gosh, what movie is that from? Um, okay, have you guys seen King Richard? You guys, I mean... Anyways, uh, <laughs> there's this there's this part where someone's talking to him. He's like, uh, "Can I be frank with you, Mr. Williams?" He said, "Well, I think you should be whoever you want to be." <laughs> it's like, so anyways, that's good. So, can I be frank with you? I don't I don't know. Um, anyways, um, so I'll be frank with you. Um, for two years of my life, after I after that picture, um, I just got like this oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit's real. This is amazing. And all this stuff. Um, and I was addicted to pornography at that point. And so for two years of my life, before I stumbled upon James or before someone told me this passage, um, cause like I didn't read the Bible like before that point. I mean, I didn't have any reason to And my, I was like, I don't know God. Why am I going to read this? This doesn't make any sense. Uh, but then when like he, talk to me. I was like, holy mackerel. Okay, let's just dive into this. So apparently it, it took me two years to get to James. Um, but, but I, I had this idea, this thought that, um, God was testing me and by, and was like sending me temptation to watch pornography. It's like, God, this is from you and, and I'm going to overcome and I'm going to walk in freedom. And you know what? There are so many times that I failed failed because I thought it was a test. And so what happens is if I believed that God sent that thing to me, that if God sent temptation to me, um, the outcome is never good because let's say you overcome and you pass the test. Then you overcame by your own might and not the blood of the lamb. So that's, that's the first flaw. Let's say number two, you fail the test. Okay. And you don't live up to the expectations. Then you start to shame yourself because then you think, why did God send that test to me? Did he think I was ready? Maybe I wasn't ready. Is he mad at me because he thought I was ready? And then I didn't live up to the expectation. Oh my gosh, I'm just going to wrap. You see what I'm saying? And so it's this whole idea that God is sending temptation and test towards you to see how you're going to do. That's just not the case. That's not his nature. That would be going against his very idea of ideals of like who he is, his very nature, because he says God doesn't tempt anyone. And if he's a man of his word, he's not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? So that's a little nugget for you. So I'm just going to throw it out and everyone just kind of grab hold of that. All right. Hopefully you haven't been walking around for two years with that. But um, and I thought that was so cool tonight. Uh, Chloe was supposed to sing. 
tonight, but she has swimmer's ear, I guess is what it is. I don't know. She got some water in her ear and she's like six and a half months pregnant. So mama bear gets a little agitated. <laughs> so I was like, just go home. <laughs> You'll be all right. Um, but uh, I screamed at Ben at what time? Like 530, 545? 530, give or take a few. I was like, hey, why don't you sing this song? He's like, great. Um, and how cool is it that it was um, faithful you and he's a man of his word. How crazy is that? Look at look at the Lord. Come on. If someone didn't believe in the Holy Spirit, they would have thought that we manipulated the situation and planned it days in advance. I don't know why that bugs me so much. Do you, I don't know if you guys get agitated about that, but we're like, we're the the worship set list is like leading up to the teaching. It's like it's like you sing, it's like you sing like good good father and like um, he. And then all these, like, uh, yeah, and I get, and then what's like another, another father thong, song? And then, stop, father song, Abba, and then, and then the pastor gets up. Wow, today we're gonna talk about God being a good father. <laughs> My God, and they've been playing it for like six weeks. <laughs> oh, one, two, but anyways. That's how you punch when you're wearing a, a wearing holding a microphone. That's the one, two, anyways. But it is cool when when it spontaneously happens. I think it's pretty gnarly. Um, but I I don't hate it. I always think it's it's like really <laughs> I feel like a little cheesy, a little. It just do it yourself. Um, I'm all for excellence and like having a plan and like doing it but there's a line and some people cross it but anyways um i don't even know what you said all right so let's end with this oh yeah all right i told you short simple and sweet but i tell you if you will adopt this right theology that God doesn't give circumstances for gifts to showcase, but he just gives good gifts. If you'll adopt that and really hone into it and make it your own, I promise you, you'll be able to avoid so many pitfalls of like accusations against his nature and your nature. Um, like it's, it's not in your ability to have to conjure up these things. When you ask for peace, it's not in your ability to have to, oh, I gotta do something. I saw a quote today. Uh, it's going to slip away from me, but, um, but I just thought it was really cool. Uh, and this actually is, uh, theologically correct. So I don't, I don't feel about sharing this. Um, but it said the only contribution you have to your salvation is the need for it. Louise shared it. Yeah. I was like, dadgum, that's good. Anyways, I thought that was great. The only, uh, the only thing that you contributed to your salvation was the need for it. Okay. So nothing else. You want me to say it again? The only thing that you've can no, I'm just kidding. No. That's how those, that's how those old, anyways. The only thing you contributed to your salvation was the need for it. There it is. All right. So that's a good nugget. You know, I think I'm going to have a teaching one night called uh, the number seven. Is that McDonald's? It's a 10-piece nugget meal. We're just going to have like 10 nuggets.
and that's what it's gonna be. Number seven meal with a Coke. Spicy Buffalo. Never mind. Ghost Pepper Ranch. Goes down good. Hurts coming out. <laughs> a breach. Anyway, can you cut this out of the podcast? Okay. Great. No, I keep it in, fam. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. All right. All right. Let's wrap up with this. Repeat after me. He's a man of his word. He's fully trustworthy. It's not a game. He's just that good. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Illuminate Knox.